Welcome back, everybody. This is Bobby Ratu and the one and only. We are back for another gear and review. We're super excited. It's been a while since we've chatted, but now we have done some fun things over the last couple months. What are, what have we been up to lately, man? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're getting ahead of the game. Getting kind of, you're, I mean, come on, dude. You got to chill yourself out. Get ready. Strap in. Real quick, we got to say thank you to our friends at Touchpoint Health. They are the awesome people that support this podcast. But now that we've given away all that information, let's jump right into it. We are talking about the C300. We're going to do it in a couple phases. One, we're going to talk about it, and two, then we're going to talk about important takeaways for individuals that are thinking about integrating this into their everyday workflow. So first of all, C300 Mark II, what is that? The C300 Mark II is a different version of the Canon C-Series. So Canon C-Series, is it like, is it a camera, is it a still camera, video camera? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but C stands for cinema, correct? That's correct. Yeah, so it's a cinema line of cameras designed specifically for video production. Most Canon cameras are geared more towards photography, like the DSLRs, but the C series is specifically geared toward the cinematic look. Yeah, and we have a C100 Mark II, which we love. We've been using it for about five years now. It shoots a beautiful image. We also use the Canon 5. D Mark III and the Canon 5D Mark IV. Um, we also have a Canon M50, which is a little point-and-shoot mirrorless camera that allows multiple lenses. So it's not truly a point-and-shoot, but it's more mirrorless. has a smaller um, sensor on it. And we have been looking at adding these, the 300 C300 series to our workflow and one of the reasons from a business owner standpoint, my point, is that the C300 has a curb appeal to larger clients. And so with that, um, we get excited about it because it says, hey, there's a lot of beeping going on. Hey, what's up with... I'm telling you what, there's like beepy beepies all over the place. I know, and then all of a sudden people want to beep, beep, beep. I guess they want to hear about the C300. Anyway, the C300 says to large companies, hey, they have a cinema, true cinema quality camera that has options with tons of bit depth to meet broadcast standards. Outside of that, when you, we brought it in and we used it, we we rented it from our friends at lensrentals.com, what did you think about it when you first opened the box? Tell me what your experience was when you just saw it for the first time. Well, when I first opened the box, the first thing I noticed was it looked very similar to the C100. As I started playing through the menus, one thing I was very pleasantly uh, surprised to see is that, you know, a lot of companies that are involved in video production, whether it be post-production software or cameras, sometimes they have a tendency to reinvent the wheel when they come out with new products. The C300 is not a reinvention of the wheel. It's kind of like the C100, you know, same setup, same infrastructure, same folder format, but it has a lot of really cool additions that really take it to the next level. So 
to answer your question, I, I was very glad to see it. Was it a huge change, but a, a very welcome change as well? Well, one of the things that if you notice in the canon way that they name things, they will take a uh, a camera model and they'll add Mark II or Mark III, which is the iteration or updates. And so this is a C300 Mark II, which means the second iteration of the C300. The first one was a broadcast quality 2K camera, so it did 1080p at lots of different flavors and bit depths so that the end uh, producer could create content for broadcast quality bit depth so that uh, would provide creators the ability to color correct and do a lot of rich up, you know, changes to the video uh, media. The Mark II added the 4K capability. Um, let's talk about the 4K as on the C300. What did you notice when you were going through the menus? What options we had when when it come to came to 1080p, it came to uh, 2K, and then it came to uh, 4K. Well, Canon really expounded on the options here. Uh, for instance, the, the 4K gives you really robust 4K features. There's zero crop factor with the C300. Also, they also introduced um, slow motion for 4K, which is something that, you know, in the video circle, Canon's been kind of slow to the game on, but they're, they're there now. We can get up to, I think, 60 frames per second for 4K, which is pretty uh, substantial. And they've also introduced 120 frames per second for HD uh, in the C300. So really good 4K capabilities, slow motion capabilities, tons of different flavors to choose from. Uh, they really tailored to any type of production that you bring this thing into. It's got something that will match that production. All right, so let's go back to unboxing it real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got the C100, and it doesn't have a lot of gadgets to go with it. When we unbox this guy, it had lots of gadgets to go with it. Let's talk about all the gadgets that came with it that really expanded this into a cinema-style camera. Yeah, well, like I said, even though it is uh, malleable and can fit any type of production, they definitely set it up for bigger that's probably where this camera really shines. And I think the gadgets you're talking about is like the external monitor that you now have to mount to the top of the camera, the optional handle that goes in between the camera and the monitor. I mean, there's more. There's a more setup to this camera than there is the C100. So basically, this is one of those cameras for productions that you just don't pull out and go. You the the C100 for us has been one of those true cameras that we could pop out, pop on a tripod, and really hit the ground running very quickly on shoots uh, for running gun style clients. Let's talk about the C300. It really has so many more options. It kind of makes you stop for a second and say, think through how you want to set it up for your shoot. Yeah, that's a really good point. The C100 is up and running within seconds, if you know what you're doing. With the C300, you probably good to get away with using it in a run and gun scenario, but it definitely shines better if you've got, you know, a good 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes to really set it up. Yeah, one of the, a couple things on the unboxing that got me interested and excited was one is that, you know, you do have the handle that you can add to it, or you can leave it off. 
you can add the uh, external display to it, um, which when you put it on the top, you've still got to connect two additional cables to connect that back into the camera. Or you can leave that off and it's got an HDMI out that you can use for your own monitor if you're going to put it on some sort of uh, rig or setup. Um, the other thing that I noticed, and I'd love to hear from you, is that it moves some of the C100 buttons around that we're used to, uh, that we would find um, that we could scroll through with the pistol grip. Now it requires you to go into the buttons on the side. Talk to us a little bit about the button set setups that you found yourself having to needing to familiarize yourself before getting into a shooting situation. Yeah, so they, like I said, they didn't change it in a, in a huge way, but they changed it just enough to make you second guess yourself. They changed it enough to where my muscle memory that I have for the C100 is not applicable to the C300. So. I kind of had to go in and just kind of re-memorize where the buttons were, even if they just moved a couple of inches. When you're in the midst of video production, you got to think quickly. So I made a little packet to kind of remind myself where they moved them to. Um, but for the most part, it's the same. They did change the way you light balance, which is a, not a big deal. Notes for that as well. I will say this, though, and this is a little nitpicky, but one change I saw that I did not like was the battery release. Oh, why? Okay, so that is nitpicky. You're kind of getting... All right. I mean, you're kind of getting, are, are you getting to be like a little high maintenance when it comes to C1, the C Hunt, C series? I mean, tell me why, why did you not like the battery release? Well, the C100 has a really slick uh, black battery release button. It's built into the camera and it, it's very practical the way your hand fits in the camera. You can just slide that button, pop the battery out, pop it in the on the C300, they have this little gray... Or the Mark II. I don't know what the... The C300 Mark II has this gray little... It almost looks like a switch. And it's to the left of the battery. And you have to pull this switch down. And it just feels a little fragile. It feels like if I was in a hurry and I flipped it too fast, it could snap pretty easy. Whereas on the C100, I don't see how you could really damage that. And it's something like a battery release that's going to be used a lot. And those many mechanical components are going to be uh, really exercised. I think that it's just a little bit clumsy. But like I said, it's a picky thing. I mean, there may not be anything wrong with it. It's just something I noticed. Um, a, a couple other things that I noticed on it that changed from a um, option from the C100 to the C300 Mark II was, um, and I'm sure this is on the C300. I, I'd love to, I need to get a hold of it as well. But um Typically on the pistol grip, you have the joggle switch that you could push down and you could toggle on the, on the display to jump from the, uh, the, the ISO settings, the white balance settings, all the different settings in the display where now you can't use that toggle switch. You've got to initiate adjusting those settings. You got to click buttons on the side dedicated to those settings. You got to click the button for the ISO on the side and then toggle it. You got to click the button um, for other like your white balance instead of toggling it on the dis uh, clicking it on the display uh, toggle switch. So some things from a workflow standpoint changed a little bit, and I'm wondering if they put the buttons there so they you can find it quicker instead of having to jump through all the menus. 
really speak to that because on the C100, I kind of operated that way anyway. Ah. Uh, where the buttons were, if I wanted to switch to, to ISO or shutter or aperture, I just I just hit the button and then use the dial switch, which is the same way I work on the C300. So I didn't actually know that would change. Oh, yeah. I noticed that and I'm like, what? I got to go to the buttons on the side. I'm being a little high maintenance here. Um, you know, we've been talking for about 12, 13 minutes about, you know, all the different options. What I'd like to do real quick is let's talk about it from why do you think, uh, uh, like, shops that have their own production team, why should they bring this in to their workflow? I mean, the first thing we worked on was a 2K project or a 1920 by 1080 project why should this be bring this into your workflow if it's uh if it's the same resolution as what the C100 can handle what do you think this brings to the workflow for the price point which is roughly about 10 grand well first they need to assess what kind of projects they're doing right i, I can speak to why what it would do for our workflow and number 1 the first thing it does for us we do a lot of projects where we're interviewing people at times, even cinematic projects can take on a journalistic nature where we're interviewing. You know, we might have 30-minute interviews. What this does for us in that context is gives us a robust 4K solution to interview. Whereas before, if we wanted to do an interview in 4K, we had to uh, take something like the 5D Mark IV and adapt it to an interview style situation. Right. With the C300, we have an out-of-the-box solution. Or C300 Mark II. C300 Mark II. We have an out-of-the-box solution for 4K interviewing. And not just interviewing, but long-form video in general. Also, it gives us immediate access to super slow motion, which is something I don't think the Mark the 5D Mark IV has. It has slow motion, but not quite to this capacity. So, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that's, it. that's the two things that it does for us immediately. Well, I think that's a great point, and try to contextualize this a little bit more. The way that we do interviews, when we do two-camera interviews, um, or even three-camera interviews, we use a C100 for HD uh, for the main camera to shoot an interview we put the lens that we want and we leverage the onboard xlr uh, inputs onto the handle so that we can collect everything we need right there and then we use a mark three or mark four as the b camera which will either be locked down or on a ronin mx or ronin s as a second camera to capture and then we sync it in Adobe in Premiere, and we go through that process. When we, to your point, when we want to do 4K on both sides, we had to either get another Mark IV to double shoot 4K, or just um, commit to using just 1080p. And so, to your point, this is a great solution. It is an expensive solution, but it is a great solution to do your straight-on shot for an interview in 4K or that flavor that you want the most. Um, it also, I think, it puts your your capabilities in a place where if a broadcast quality company only wants a specific bit flavor for your raw media, if you're handing off raw media, this is a great camera to do that. Um, 
Another thing that I would love to touch on that you mentioned is looking at the final product. You said when you looked at the final 2K video, your eyes were amazed at the quality. Talk about what you experienced when you looked at the media. Well, I was shooting in a live format, so it, it looked like, to me, it looked like a film. It didn't really look like a video. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's other settings on there that it would look more video-esque. Uh, but, I mean, it's a cinematic camera, so it's going to shoot a cinematic image. I will say about the 4K, one thing I noticed was that due to the zero crop factor, it, up until this point, every time I've worked with 4K, there's been a crop factor of some sort. So seeing true 4K without a crop factor, you know, as wide as I can get it, was something new to me, and that, I mean, that was really helpful. So that's what I was referring to when I was blown away by the footage. That's awesome. Uh, something else that we know from notice from the footage is that um, it – the media cards that you use for it, they are a different. They're the CFast 2 media cards, mm-hmm. not the CFast 1 that we're used to popping in an SL, DSLR, but the CFast 2, they have different pins and different pin setups on that card. And you even noticed it because you messed up one of the card readers. Tell us about that. I don't know if I messed up one of the card readers. You jammed something in there. You Oh, come on. <laughs> but, but yeah, so the, the card for the C300 is the exact same size as uh, the larger cards for the 5D But like you said, the pin structure is different. So if you, you know, if you don't really pay attention to what type of card you're using and you put in the wrong card reader, you'll bend the pins and it will no longer read uh, the other cards. Yes, and to that point, the CFast two cards are more expensive. They um, they're they're really a lot more expensive. So you've got to be able to do that. And second, um, it's not like you can go down to Best Buy and buy a CFast two card reader. Uh, Yeah, we tried; it doesn't work. Um, You have to actually order it because consumers aren't using CFast two just professionals. So that's something that they don't keep on stock. The other thing that the C300 Mark II does is it does have a slot for an SD card on the front of the camera, which people use to be able to record proxy media. So if you're recording 4K, it it can also record that same footage on the SD card in 2K. So if you don't have CFast 2 cards and you got the C300 Mark II, you're not going to be able to record 4K on an SD card. The highest it will go is the 2K uh, footage. Um, and so that is something you've got to bear in mind when you're either considering renting it or purchasing it. You've got to invest in new media in order to manage that workflow. Um also, from a file size and file structure, what is it putting on that card? You said that it had a different file structure. It's whatever you uh, call it on that card. I had it recording native MXF, and I could be mistaken, but I don't think the C100 has that ability. It defaults to an ABC HD. Right. Page. But this recorded native MXF 4K, which is really cool for me. It's a really good editing format, so you can bring it straight into your editor if you want. And what editors is it most compatible with, more likely? 
I would say either Premiere Pro or Avid Media Composer. Avid would take that in. Uh, it might transcode it just because it's Avid. Yep. But it, that's the native format Avid works with. All in all, um, is it worth the eleven to twelve thousand dollar investment for this type of camera? Uh, what do you think? What makes one say we're going to go get this camera for mid-sized small shops or mid-sized small companies that have video production capabilities inside? Is it worth it? Man, that's a big question. Uh, I, you know, I'm a Canon fan. I love Canon. But to answer that question honestly, it, it's tough because there's a lot of really good competition out there. You got FS6s and, F and FS5, FS7s out there flooding the market. And, you know, the cameras, they're not built quite as robust. They're built out of different materials, but when it comes down to what shows up in that little video screen, it's hard to tell the difference between C300 and FS7. But since I'm a Canon guy, yes, it's worth it. Spend the money. Well, okay, so let's, let's talk about why it might be worth it and not worth it. Yeah. So here is, if you're doing web-based video production um, and you are turning out lots of content in that web-based format. And if you're shooting in the same space all the time. Right. Um, I think it's good to rent it. I, I don't think the consumer has jumped over yet to demanding the 4K or the broadcast quality bit depth on the web platform. Maybe they have some of the, you know, the video gurus are going to slap me upside the head and like, oh, you've got to have that bit depth in order to do it. But I, I, I just don't think so. I mean, but if you're a Canon shop and you have Canon lenses, it is something you can scale up to really quickly to get that quality. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, and the reason I said, you know, you're shooting in the same place all the time is because a lot of the reasons that make the C300 a good choice are practical reasons. You know, even though an FS7 may give you video that's almost indistinguishable, it's not going to last as long. They're not built as well. Uh, the C300 is just more robust. So to your point, if you're a Canon shop and you're really going to be using the heck out of this camera, it might be worth the investment. I, and also, I think that um, video production shops, small production shops that are trying to position themselves in a market space where they are working in urban areas where they're competing against other people for good quality footage. I think walking into a major company and saying that you've got the C300 Mark II, it says, oh, they're committed to video production. They can charge what they charge because they're bringing higher quality media to the table. Um and so the other thing that I noticed about the C300 Mark II is it really wants you to makes you want to go buy cinnamon lenses. Like I was looking at the how big that camera is with our uh, with our DSLR lenses on it. You could tell it wants you to go buy cinnamon lenses, but that's just an aesthetic thing. Well, Canon is a business. They design these things to work together. It did, but it's a beautiful camera. It shoots beautiful images. Hey, this has been a great discussion about the C300 Mark II. We have had a really good time talking about it, rapping about it. We're going to rent it more, play with it with our clients, uh, offer it to them as an option 
for multiple flavors of video content that we're producing. And uh, so we're super excited. It's great to have Mark back on here talking about the things that he loves, which are gadgets. Dude, it's beeping like crazy. I know, I'm not looking forward to it. All right. All right. Thanks for another episode. It's good talking to you. Thanks to uh, touchpoint.health. Check us out and uh, talk to you next time.